What up, y'all? This is Panda AOD, and with me today is a very special guest. I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. Hi, my name is Tiffany Johnson, and I am the owner of Gig Merge. So essentially, it's a music industry-based consultation platform (laughs) Um, where I consult music artists on their career. So basically, at any point in your music career, you can meet with me and we can kind of discuss the steps that you need to take moving forward and really assess where you are right now um, and just kind of make a to-do list as far as what you need. Like, if you've never copyrighted your music before, that'll be a priority or things like that. That'll just really iron out the steps you need to take in your music career. I also do consult with businesses on music related items as well, such as record labels, if they have like a roster of artists and they just need some guidance as far as what to do with each individual artist. So it's a pretty varying consultation, I guess, firm, you could say. That's awesome. So how did you get started into consulting artists? Because I know I've seen an interview you did previously and you've done consulting before. You've worked under bigger companies, but you've never, you are now specializing in music. So how did you get started with that? So I used to work for a company that was a subsidiary of Sony. It was an artist management company. And so I worked a lot doing artist development. Um, So I was able to speak with several different artists on a regular basis. And I really noticed that a lot of them just didn't necessarily have a full grasp of how the industry works, Mm -hmm. which is completely understandable because it's not a foolproof type of industry. You know, like when somebody wants to be a doctor, they know to go to medical school or, Mm -hmm. you know, but if you want to be an artist, it's not like, oh, this is exactly the steps that you need to take to do that. So. I pretty much just noticed after working under those companies that I just, I wanted to make it as foolproof as I could. (laughs) I know that's kind of like quite a task to take on, but just allowing artists to have like, hey, these are the 10 things that you need to do right now that you're not doing right now. And just making them aware of everything that they have going on moving forward. So my inspiration for it was really just, I felt like, artists needed to just have access to resources and guidance. And so that's what Gig Merge essentially was inspired by and what I'm growing my business to do. Yeah. And so when you got started with artists initially, how did you make that introduction to yourself? Because I know a lot of people probably, you tell them what you do and they're looking like, so who are you? Like, what? <laughs> like how do you, what are your credentials? So how do you break the ice with that initial meeting with an artist? Well, it does help that I've been to a lot of the major record labels. So the pictures definitely help on my website where I have pictures at Def Jam, Atlantic and Sony and Warner. So that definitely helps. Um, However, I do also mention, you know, like I've done a lot of a whole lot of internships all through college. So I did everything from production to radio to live sound. I mean, of course, not a master at any of that, but just dibbling and dabbling in those items allows me to really talk to the artist in a way that they understand because I've done it from the business side and just befriending a lot of artists too. I'm like, I kind of have a grasp of what they want. (laughs) So um, as far as gaining the credibility through conversation, it's just talking to them how they talk to each other. You know, like I'll go to shows and then I'll talk to artists and just be like, hey, you know, your music is great. Have you copyrighted it before? And they're like, no, I know I need to, but I don't know how. And so that kind of starts an organic conversation as far as 
all right, I can help you, you know, just a nice organic introduction as far as, you know, it's not like I'm promising anyone I'm going to make them famous. It's just like, yeah. this is the stuff that you need to consider when you're being an artist. Sorry, he keeps coming in here. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> He's like crashed a couple interviews, so <laughs> people know about the dog. Um, right. That sounds amazing. I'm glad that it seems like you have a real tangible, um, mindset when it comes to entering in this industry of consulting artists and basically becoming that middle not even the middleman but kind of that person reading through the fine print getting that structure together for artists and they really need it and not even just from a standpoint of someone who works with artists but i also feel like from a business standpoint i need that person to help me sometimes as far as like i need a consultant to come in so to see someone doing that in the artist field amazing thank you i really appreciate that That's why I wanted to connect with you because it's a big task so like even thinking about dating artists what do you feel like is the environment for those artists trying to break the ceiling from a city like dayton that's so small mm-hmm. well i definitely feel like dayton has so much talent out here However, the music industry as a whole really caters to open mics and karaoke's. Mm. So it's not necessarily where there's that next level platform here. And a lot of artists feel like they need to leave in order to make it, which I mean, the way it's set up right now, it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. You can only really get so much of a buzz out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so to make them more powerful when they do leave or to make Dayton a little more powerful, I think as a music industry, we really need to come together. Like venues need to work with studios and we all just need to kind of have some sort of union where we can really create a music industry that is profitable for these artists as well as the businesses. Mm -hmm. Because right now the only people that are really profiting are like the venues, the studios, but the artists aren't seeing any kickback from that really. Yeah. I think that's tough too, because there's such Mm -hmm. a, separation between artists and promoters as well like i think artists look at promoters as if they're like they're um they're they're the person that's paying them instead of their partner in this event both people pay definitely and i've also seen a lot of artists they'll be booked on shows and they won't even post you know like hey i have this show coming up and i'm like wait what (laughs) it's not solely the promoters or the venues jobs to promote it you know so it's 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 just like there there's work to be done all across the board in Dayton but um overall there's a whole bunch of talent out here and some amazing venues and studios so I think if we're just all able to really collectively come together that would probably be step one yeah and I see some great collaboration opportunities happening and then we saw the gym city uh shine concert that was a testament to what we could do in Dayton we haven't had anything that big in a long time Um, Of course, it took a name like Dave Chappelle to bring the bigger name. But with the talent we have in Dayton, we can fuel our own economy to start building these artist groups up to be able to, like you said, just go further out and expand. That's really what we need to do is expand. Exactly. Definitely. And not only just Dayton, but I mean, partnering in Cincinnati and Columbus and, you know, y'all right there. I'm from Dayton, but like, I love Columbus too. I'm like, I love both both places and I have a lot of uh, friends in Cincinnati as well so like I think the most important thing is for us to start merging those (laughs) merging those areas because Cincinnati has a great uh, great many talents great entrepreneurs and so does Columbus 
the problem mm-hmm. I come across and a lot of people have echoed as well is that it's just a very exclusive type of vibe when you go into different circles. So yeah. I think we need to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And that's like one of my, I have so many like missions and things I want to accomplish, but definitely merging gigs across different cities and you know eventually states is is the end goal overall (laughs) it's so cute i love it (laughs) you're like merging gigs like yes (laughs) as far as uh what is an overall goal for gig merge like right now you're pretty much you've announced who you are you're brushing elbows you're shaking hands where do you see gig merge going in the near future So in the near future, I definitely see Gig Merge kind of being a force to really create some sort of union within Dayton, meaning that, you know, I already have connections to a lot of studios and venues. And so it's just a matter of kind of creating that, I guess you could call like a pathway um, where artists can, they come to Gig Merge. And then from there, it's like, okay, you need shows. We'll book you on shows. We just have all the connections that you need where we can really just kind of deal you out where you need to go essentially. And that's just by building all the connections and creating all these different funnels where everybody's winning, you know, like the artists are able to be booked and the venues are getting more shows and, you know, everybody's getting more exposure. So therefore more people are coming out. So it's just kind of like a chain reaction is really what I would love Gig Merge to be on the forefront of in the near future. Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like it. Um, So as a woman and more specifically a woman of color, how do you feel like the environment is for you stepping into an industry that has always been predominantly male dominated. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's so crazy because I went to school in Philly Uh and that was really the first time that I was fully immersed in a music industry. And then I dabbled and dabbled in Atlanta and New York as well. And it is predominantly male, um, which that's fine. I mean, I grew up with brothers, so I'm used to it. It's just a matter of like <laughs> earning that respect. <laughs> you know, like they look at me and they don't take me as seriously until I open my mouth, you know? And it's that kind of thing where I just always have to be professional. And it's just one of those things where you just always have to be aware of your surroundings. A lot of times I do end up going to events alone, just, you know, to come and do business and keep it pushing. I'm not out there hanging with my friends, really, you know. So it's just a matter of keeping that professional image because as soon as you go a little bit casual, people might take it the wrong way. (laughs) And I feel like as a woman, I have to be way more conscious of that. I had so many people tell me that, I am too professional. Like, obviously, like, <laughs> in the sense of, like, usually how you see me on interviews or how I am in any type of content, I'm very relaxed. I'm very chill just because, like, I work hard, like, in my nine to five and regular life. Like, I want to be able to be myself on my platform. Mm-hmm. However, every time I go out or I do anything as far as an event, I am talking about business or I am trying to connect. And so I always get, hey, Shonda, you know, you're you're great. I love you, but let's cut the business off. So it's like, (laughs) for me, it's weird because I've always had to, I'm still working on finding that balance between Mm -hmm. and like fun, which most of the time if I'm going out, it's not just to have fun. Like I want to have a good time, but I agree that balance is something that I've been really (laughs) trying to find as well. However, I have found it beneficial to kind of have 
you know, events that I know I'm going to for a professional reason and then events that I know I'm going to where I'm not mentioning yes. it at all, you know, but then at the same time, I'm like, what's the point of going if I'm not talking about my business? <laughs> so I breathe at this point. It's like you believe in it so much that it is who you are. Exactly. And it's hard to differentiate like myself from my business, but I know it's a something that you have to balance, but I, I just find it difficult because I'm like, literally gig merch is me. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel about AOD. And I think that when you have a brand that you work so hard on, you want to tell people about it. So it's just one of those weird areas. And I think it'll get better or it, it doesn't necessarily have to change. I'm always going to talk about my business, but I, I know when to tone it down or bring it in, or if I'm having a meaningful conversation, then mm -hmm. I won't bring up my business, obviously. Right. <laughs> definitely I understand completely we're like literally in the same boat because <laughs> <I know. laughs> you're in Dayton and I'm in Columbus so it's mm -hmm. a great opportunity as you said to merge gigs and connect mm -hmm. and network and just continue to build this funnel and it's great that we're two women doing it because we're right. in you're both in predominantly male fields definitely. I mean I don't know what the percentage is, but probably at least 90% of <laughs> anything is predominantly male dominated but um, I think that for you and I, just being in media, being in music, it's going to be important for us to continue to grow that bond of just sisterhood within this and also just helping, you know, push other people forward and offer the knowledge that you have. I know one big thing is with the passing of Kobe. Oh, Jesus, it don't even sound real. Right. <laughs> Kobe is like one thing that he said, one thing that Nipsey said, one thing that, uh, Jay-Z says, anybody who's alive at this point and you want to throw women in there, I mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who's been saying it as far as women go. A lot of influential women. I mean, the women on the reel, which is something that I watch all the time. I'm a media buff. So yeah. a lot of them have been speaking on just sharing your knowledge and being a mentor and, you know, supporting other people, bringing other people along as you ride. And I think that's very important. I don't think that yeah. just sitting there and thinking that, you know, you're going to do it by yourself or even if you've gotten mm -hmm. to a level, not being willing to give some of that knowledge away, it really defeats the purpose. Right. The legacy in general. So that's, it almost comes off a little bit selfish in a sense. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, you work hard to figure out all the knowledge that you've figured out over the past however many years. However, it's nothing if you don't share it or at least impart it to someone else especially because there's so many people in my immediate circle that have just inspired me or simple conversations that are like, you know what, that's amazing. And yeah. like me personally, I never would have thought about it, but they're just sharing something so casual, but it like literally changed my whole mindset. Yeah, <laughs> so, so it's amazing, honestly, like you never know how much influence you have. And even just simple conversations can be the one thing that somebody needed, honestly. So what would you say to an artist who's, been in the industry for a while or been trying because you know there's different levels of industry you can be an artist who has been practicing your craft for years but never truly been in the industry right. um, what would you say to that artist who's probably a little demotivated but wants to continue to pursue their passion or they may be in that phase where they're like maybe this isn't for me right i would definitely tell them not to give up i mean it's one thing to you know, kind of make sacrifices for your dream, but it's another thing to give up, you know? So I would tell them, you know, let's meet, let's assess where you are right now. Let's see what's going on, what's working, what could use work. 
Um, and everything I say in these meetings is constructive. It's never like, oh my goodness, you're horrible. It's never like that. But the fact of the matter is, even me giving the advice, I don't necessarily have to be a fan or even like the music. It's about the work that you put in after you create the music. Because the music is only one part of the music business itself. So that's why a lot of artists are like, I don't understand how so-and-so made it popular over me. You know, and I'm over here saying all this lyrical stuff. And I'm like, well, it really comes down to the fact that they had their business together, you know? That is so, a big argument for artists. It's like, I'm a lyricist. Like, what's going on? And I understand. I'm one of those. But I also, I'm, I called myself out on Twitter as a hypocrite because I always tell people, stop making the drug music. Stop making the gun music. I do not really subscribe to that, nor do I promote it because I don't want younger people to go towards that. But... Roddy Rich, I love the album. So I completely contradicted myself. I was a total hypocrite. So I get where sometimes music, there is a lyricism part to it. There's definitely different types of music, right? There's intellectual, there's just, you know, party music, whatever. But right. also sometimes a song is just well constructed because I don't care for the content of drugs or guns. But right. I like his album. Yeah, exactly. And see, that's kind of where the business aspect versus the music aspect comes in. So there's a lot of music, like I'm with you, I don't like the drugs or anything condoning violence, stuff like that. However, when it comes to the artists that I work with, I don't even have to like the music. It's just, I literally base my consultations off of data. Yeah. So it's pretty much just me doing a whole bunch of calculations that shows your engagement. Um, it shows you know, how people are reacting to your music and everything. So it has nothing to, I don't insert my personal preference. Yeah. So everything's presented in a way to help you specifically just running the numbers because data does not lie, you know? <laughs> like you can love Beyonce all day long, but you know, if her numbers aren't up, you know, then it's like, okay, is she, you know, is she winning or what's going on? Her videos and her music pop up on your timeline and your feed is because of those touches that she's making in that data. Yeah. So like, if her numbers weren't up, then we wouldn't know what Beyonce had going on. Exactly. So it's really just taking an industry standpoint at everything they have going on because I'm not necessarily looking at things from like, oh, I like this. I'm not inserting an opinion. I'm literally just being like, okay, you posted this song three months ago and you only have 20 plays. You know? awesome. I don't even have to listen to I'm it. I'm like super excited for you. Cause like the way you're <laughs> describing it, I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. It's knew it was dope. Cause like, I, like I said, I've heard that before as far as people wanting to connect with artists and give them a structure and AOD is a part of that too. And that's why I wanted to interview you because I do it from a media standpoint where I want to bring people who are starting out and who are developing businesses, who have existing businesses, who have missions and who are actively working in them so that the people who are looking to that, they're like, okay, now I have a little bit of a blueprint. So right. for you with the music industry, I'm like, yeah, I got to get her on. I gotta right. get her. There's so many artists, so many creators that I know that need to be able to monetize their dream. And a way to do that is to get more visibility, to get mm -hmm. shows, to have all of their legal stuff on point. So this is very necessary. Right. Definitely. And I think what we do goes hand in hand. So this is, I'm so, <laughs> so I'm so glad I met you. <laughs> I know. It was like a match made in heaven. Like everybody in the room was dope, but I was like, I need to connect. Right. <laughs> I was like, he is on my radar. <laughs> so awesome. 
yeah. So as far as anything else that you have going on, is there anything, are there any causes near and dear to your heart or anything that you specifically um, want to mm -hmm. bring attention to with your platform that's outside of music? Um, outside of music, I mean, I would definitely say, well, I guess it kind of is inside. Or with it. Honestly, okay. <laughs> like aligns when you're walking in your purpose, so. Yeah. So, well, dealing with music, I definitely want to help Dayton be able to really pay artists you know like I find that a lot of artists they perform the open mic the karaoke circuit but I would love for them to have you know like a solid set of options as far as like oh when I perform I'll get paid yeah um, so that's in the works um I'm also working on a couple courses <laughs> that you know like I find a lot of artists when they come in here um they understand that they need to know copyrights, publishing, and all the legalities, but it's really like the boring stuff. As a creative, that's just not something that comes naturally at all to think about. So I want to make it. I know, I'm a creative. <laughs> exactly. Same here. But it's like handling the business part is so important. So I'm yeah. trying to make it as foolproof as possible. Um, and then just having a whole bunch of resources available where. Um, artists can not only learn but implement everything that they learn in a very easy and effective way where it won't take away time from your creativity mm -hmm. but you also won't necessarily need a whole team of people that are taking percentages from you so I'm yeah. just trying to structure things my, one of my biggest causes is like empowering the independent artists to you know you don't need a label necessarily a lot of them are like oh if I get a manager or if I get signed to a label everything will start moving for me and it's kind of like well managers take a percentage so therefore you know if you're not making anything yeah. what's the manager supposed to do exactly, yeah a label as well they look at it as you know a, a way out and it's kind of like you got to put in the work there's a lot of artists out yeah. here that are working so hard <laughs> that's why i haven't managed yet like i was dabbling like i was i was throwing the idea around and connecting with a couple artists and thinking mm -hmm. about it. And there was one person I was really set on. Um, yeah. However, sometimes you even have to just understand that some, well, for me, I had to understand that some artists aren't in a position to be put on that platform yet. Like right. they would definitely get there, but it's um, mm -hmm. not even on a talent standpoint, but just on a life standpoint. Like sometimes right. people have too much going on and it's like, mm -hmm. I can't, lock you into a, an event or a deal yeah. and then something comes up <laughs> so right. I think oh another God. big area that artists need to work on is like um just life like just having yeah. you know counseling or some type of uh I don't even know I don't want to say life coach because mm -hmm. I don't know if there's like pro bono life coaches <laughs> right I just want, I think artists need to take the time to kind of get that life structure together too, which would be great right. to have like a mentor and things like that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, I want to work with these artists and sometimes it's just not, it's not conducive for me to put all my eggs in one basket with that. Right. No, I hear you completely. And that was actually something when I was working under the major label, that's what I ran into a lot was that these artists were extremely talented, but it is not easy <laughs> at all. So it's kind of like, no matter what age you're in as an artist, you have to make sure your mental is right. You have to be able to hear bad things about yourself and be okay with it. And that's the hardest thing. People say, oh yeah, I have tough skin. But once a thousand people are, you know, tweeting you, messaging you, emailing you, like crazy things, you have to be able to be strong through that. Yeah. I'm speaking all of this from 
personal experience. And I kind of get it too, because like I am in a place where, ugh, like I hate, I love people, but I hate people looking (laughs) at me or looking at what I'm doing. Like I run a media company, so it's a complete like contradiction. It's totally like polar. Mm -hmm. So what I try to do is um, I definitely love, I love having conversations. I love spreading messages and I love what I do. I love being in front of the camera sometimes. Right. I also like to have my space and my, Mm -hmm. you know, my mental, I like my mental to be quiet sometimes and calm and a whole bunch. But um, the more successful you get, the busier you get. So across the board, the whole team needs to have some type of, uh, and some type of counseling, some type of mentorship. But also team meetings are great, like bonding and building trust within a unit, because a lot of times we don't trust each other. Artists don't trust promoters, don't trust managers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What are we doing out here? <laughs> I'm like, trust is a huge thing. Like, it's, it's huge. I've seen a lot of things happen as far as, you know, abusing trust. And it's a really grimy industry, like yeah. not you know covering anything at all it's so grimy but I think as long as artist is knowledgeable about what should be happening and what shouldn't be happening and what is sketchy which is my mission and to get out there you know like if you're handling your own copyrights and you're publishing that means that there's not a third party handling it which means that you know exactly what happened <laughs> so they it's just kind it. of you're tight. so you need someone right. to be able to look over that for them exactly yeah. so therefore it's just you know empowering them to you know just know what's going on because there's a lot of artists that are like oh yeah I'll let so-and-so handle it mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily know so-and-so well enough to you know it's just trying to avoid as many of the issues that I have seen in the short amount of time that I was in there <laughs> yeah okay so what would a consultation look like for an artist to come in the door sit down what would that look what is that process so if an artist wants to book a consultation, I do have on my website, there is a form that they fill out, which gives me all the necessary information prior to us meeting in person. So it'll ask you for all of your social media information. If you have a website, if you've copyrighted your music before, if you've trademarked your artist name, which is something very important. I've seen a lot of artists build brands on names that technically they legally you know I'm like you could be in trouble another artist come up under a label or something and they got all copyrights and stuff together exactly so it's a pretty it's a short form but it gives me all the information that I need for us to have a really good consultation Mm -hmm. um and it'll ask you know are you on streaming services have you um, registered for publishing and all those different publishing platforms and so from there when we meet in person then I'll be able to go over, you know, all of your social media engagement and see like, okay, the last time you posted on Instagram was, you know, three weeks ago and only two people liked it. What's going on? (laughs) You know, just trying to figure out, like, we really have in-depth conversations about kind of what you touched on, like what's going on in your life as to why you feel like you can't post that much. So it's a mixture. I don't want to say a mixture of like therapy, but really just getting a grasp of like, where the artist is in their life and if they're really conditioned to do this and are you willing to put in the work so essentially like i love that (laughs) you still really conditioned to do this and that's big to me like a theme around army of dreamers is conditioning like that's where the army part comes from because this dream is not easy like you have to condition the dream you cannot just step in and think that everything's gonna go right right exactly and so it's kind of like 
I'm kind of like the first step, like, hmm, do I want to be an artist full time? Do I think I can handle it? Come meet with me. <laughs> we'll break it down, honestly. So um, I also can offer um, like connections, resources. So for example, if an artist is like, hey, I have this project that I really want to put out. So then I'm like, okay, we can discuss distribution, we can discuss marketing. So it's really just kind of guidance no matter where you are. But the consultation is definitely the first step so I can see everything that you have going on because, you know, you might have this project done, but I'm like, it's not ready though, yeah. you know? So therefore we'll kind of reassess and work on things as needed. But it really is just kind of like a stepping stone as to like, just assess where you are right now with your social media, your engagement, what your fans are feeling. And I look at all the data. So I do all these calculations. I have like a list of calculations that I do. So I'm like, all right, you know, yeah, you think you're popping, but your engagement on SoundCloud is 2%. So what's up with that? <laughs> so with a one-time fee to sit down with you, and then from there, you basically give them what you think they need, and you can consult them further, and you'll let them know what that plan is, or do you have set packages for the services you offer? So as of right now, um, I say as of right now, because who knows what's going to happen like three months from now. <laughs> <laughs> but as of right now, I have my consultation structured in three different options. So the first option, which is the, um, I guess, cheapest option, um, that one's just for artists who are curious about where they are right now. So I really just give them a breakdown of everything they have going on right now with their brand. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like I run through with the numbers. I'm like, hey, this is what your social media engagement is like, your music plays, things like that. And then they're able to ask me questions. The second tier is for artists who are curious, but they also really want some sense of guidance. Um, so that one comes with everything that I stated before, but also like a to-do list and order of like, okay, you have all this music, but you haven't copyrighted anything. So step one, you need to copyright everything you have. You need to set up your publishing and then I'll have a whole bunch of resources available for them that I'll link them in an email. Like this is what we have, a step-by-step -step guide. And if you need me, I'm here. And then the final option is like the highest option. It allows me to connect them with people that they need. So if they need, you know, like a person to do social media promo, then here you go, or distribution, here you go, or you wanna book shows and let's talk. So um, that one's for the artists who are serious and they're like, I know what I need, yeah. um, but I just don't know what order or things like that. Or, you know, even if you don't know, you just wanna go big, then let's do it. Yeah. So that's how that works. And then after that, I'm available by the hour or half the hour as well. Sometimes people don't need that much. Yeah. So I'm very cautious and uh, cater to people's budgets, so. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Like I'm learning things through this interview. I didn't know that that's everything that you that you entailed, but I knew that you did something that was important. And just seeing what you put into that event you did, just seeing the feedback and seeing the follow up from it. Like I know you're really passionate about this, and I can understand what that is like to have that passion and to also want people to take you seriously. So I was like, I need to pull her in. We need to have a conversation. <laughs> people know, those people who don't know that watch my platform they'll know from this interview so I thank you for taking the time for that and I thank you for having me you are literally amazing oh. <laughs> and I'm so glad we met like I know it was by chance how we met but it, nothing happens for you know everything happens for a reason so. yes well where yeah. can people find you at because I'm gonna drop this so I'll have your social media tags in there mm -hmm. I want people to be able to go to the site book a consultation 
Yes. <laughs> so they can find me at gigmerge.com, G-I-G-M-E-R-G-E, all one word. Um, also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you can go to at gigmerge. And then my email is just tiffany at gigmerge.com. Perfect. Well, y'all heard it here. So go ahead and connect with Tiffany. Hit the Gig Merge okay. website. Also, follow us at AOD if you haven't on Instagram, The Army of Dreamers on Facebook. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was good. AOD.